Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joan Milmai and this is episode 59, Self Stripe Madness, an interview with Michelle Berry of Berry Colourful Yarnings. Hello everybody, hello and welcome in to another episode of the Shiny Bees podcast. Today is Tuesday the 11th of August 2015, how are you all? I hope you're all well. Since last time I spoke to you, you've all been getting plenty of knitting time in and been enjoying your new projects, your finished objects, maybe a little bit of uh, therapeutic tinking or ripping perhaps. And you're enjoying all that summer has to offer in the British Isles, which is generally wearing a lot of your knitwear, or certainly it is in northern Scotland. I believe it's been a little bit warmer in the southeast. Always is, isn't it? But you know, you have to have some kind of payment for living under a cloud of smog. So <laughs> I'll enjoy that while I'm breathing my very cold, <laughs> clean air up here in northern Scotland. Southern banter aside though, I hope you've all had a lovely week and I'm thrilled to have you all back on the show with me today. If you are a returning listener, a hearty welcome back and a squishy northern hug from myself. And if you're a new listener who's come across recently due to the interviews or you've just come across the podcast for the first time or indeed... Uh, you've no interest in knitting, but <laughs> you've heard about me from New Media Europe and the UK Podcasters Awards. Hello, hello and welcome. It's very good to have you here with me. Hopefully you'll enjoy what I've got to say and you'll be entertained for about the next 40 minutes or so. So what do I have for you today? Well, I have a little bit of news just to start us off as usual on a few things we've been talking about recently that I'm sure you're going to want to get the latest uh, scoop on. And then I have an interview for you, as promised. It's going to be interviews for the rest of the month. And this one is with one of my favourite dyers and someone I actively seeked out to be part of the Golden Skeins dyeing offering. So... That is Michelle Berry of Berry Colourful Yarn and she's absolutely lovely and I'm sure you'll enjoy hearing from her a bit later on. But first of all, grab your beverage of choice. Mine's a slightly tepid rooibos again. It's been a lot of rooibos recently. It's very good for you, you know, full of antioxidants. And um, maybe a piece of cake or something, you know, let's go wild and uh, grab your knitting, crochet or whatever else you're doing along, possibly your hoover, depending on how domestic you are, and we will crack on with the show. Yarn in the City creates experiential, yarn-centric events for knitters and makers designed to bring people together through a shared love of craft. Yarn in the City organises the Great London Yarn Crawl, taking place on Saturday the 5th of September 2015. For more information and to book your tickets, go to www.yarninthecity.com today. Knitting news then, or knitting in the news. 
quite a few things for you here today, quick notices and uh, bringing you up to date on things we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes, um, just so you know where we're up to. If you knew this episode, um, all of this will become a little bit more clear uh, should you decide to uh, check out the back catalogue. Uh, but first of all, first of all, uh, we have a reminder about the giveaway we've got running over on Ravelry at the moment. It is a giveaway sponsored by Amy Herzog, who I interviewed in episode 57. And she is the lady who designed the custom fit sweater um, process in general, whereby you can go over to uh, the custom fit generator and you swatch your yarn and you put your yarn details and your gauge details in and it will spit out a pattern that is completely fitted uh, to that yarn and gauge regardless of what size the yarn and the gauge is which is pretty cool and we have a giveaway running very kindly sponsored by her for a month's free subscription to the maker plus and the maker plus is the top level subscription that's offered you can print out gentlemen and kiddies which is good uh, we all know how frustrating it can be to spend a lot of time knitting a project and for it not to be quite right particularly if it is a sweater project and um, this is seems to me to be a great way to overcome that and our Louise is going to be road testing this as part of our make it fit series about enabling you to make knitwear that fits you the way you want it to and that will be cranking up very soon um, a slight delay to the start of that um, for very good reasons but um, that will be cranking up certainly um, come September so if you want to enter the giveaway go to the shiny bees group on Ravelry there will be a link in the show notes for this and uh, leave a comment in the thread um, entitled giveaway I'll put the links we go straight into the right thread and all you need to do is put in there what's what do you find hardest about knitting sweaters that fit the way you want them to and um, You'll be entered into the draw. It'd be a random number generator draw as usual. The random number generator of good fortune. We'll select a lucky winner and I will be in touch to sort that out for you shortly thereafter. Don't sit on this one. The giveaway closes at the weekend on Sunday. So get across there and uh, get your voting or your entry in rather now um, for a chance to win that. Also, whilst you're on Ravelry, because you'll be there anyway, um, there is a swap happening in the Golden Skein group. For those of you that don't know, the Golden Skein is the finest subscription yarn club in the world because it's run by me. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and essentially we, we like to bring the best of indie dyed uh, yarns. Uh, it's themed around an inspiration picture once a quarter, directly to your door in a beautifully packaged gold envelope, hand wrapped by me and um, we're running a swap. You don't need to be a member of TGS to join the swap. It's open to anyone and it is a single skein plus a project bag swap. All you need to do is go over to the sign up thread, say you want to take part and then post a inspiration picture for your partner who will be allocated very soon um, to interpret to choose your yarn and project bag so I will link to that in the show notes but it is open to anyone so if you like a little bit of swappy action and you want to come and take part you're entirely welcome to do so but the close of the signups for that are tomorrow at midnight or Thursday morning when I get up so um, don't delay on that one either if you want to take part also um, if you're thinking about joining the club the autumn signups for that close 
at the weekend as well on the 16th so get in there there are literally like one or two left so i'm just waiting for a box to turn up now with the yarn it's very exciting so yeah come and take part in the swap it'd be awesome to have you over there there's some new people taking part in this swap as well and swaps are a really good way to make friends with people you don't know yet so always good fun next up we've got susan crawford's pub slash campaign um, I've mentioned it a few times. I interviewed lovely Susan in episode 55, I think it was, about her pub slush campaign for the Vintage Shetland Project. That pub slush campaign has now closed. It closed overnight on Sunday and it's gone amazingly well and she's actually raised 254% of what she planned to and the closing total was £31,954. So if you're one of the people that went and supported that, thank you very much. Um, on behalf of Susan, she's asked me to come and thank you all and uh, tell you how grateful she is for your support and also for believing in the project. And for those of you that passed it on to other people, thank you again this is it's brilliant news for the indie um knitting sector as a whole to be able to raise that kind of money and produce books that people are going to love and do these in-depth brilliant projects and share them with everyone i think is can only be a good thing we're not going to be stuck with whatever you know the latest trend is in knitting um I think I've seen a knitted Pride and Prejudice this week on Twitter. We're not going to be stuck with that kind of stuff. You know, if we can get behind projects like this and make it viable for people to do these kinds of in-depth studies and it's proper academic work um, that's gone into this, then, you know, the world's our oyster, really. We can have the kind of knitting stuff we want to have, which I think is brilliant. So thank you to everyone that supported um the uh, project. I know she's off up to Shetland next month to um, finish all the photography and I can't, I've got my copy on order, I can't wait to see it so I think it's going to be amazing so thank you to everyone who took part in that. We've got a bit of knit along news for you and that is from our own Claire Divine. You will know Claire from, if you've been a listener for more than a few episodes, you'll know Claire is the co-host of the Sock Surgery which will be returning in September got some very exciting things planned towards the end of the year and it's going to be returning in September but in the meantime she's running over on her group on Ravelry um, the Knit Share Knit Along and this starts on the 15th of August but there is a special giveaway of patterns running until midnight tonight so if you're listening to this today get straight over there because there is no time for messing about there's no time for tears around here get over there and you can get your hands on a free pattern if you tag your friend and get them to come and join in the knit along too. All the details are in the thread on her group which is the yarn and pointy sticks group but as always I'll put a link in the show notes and you can go straight on over there. I am planning to take part in this as well and um, I just need to choose some yarn but it's going to be it's going to be tight I'm only going to be able to get in there I think at the end because I've got a bit of a Shackleton project on the go um more on that shortly finally finally I could not allow the news section to go past without reminding you that um the podcast is up for two awards in the UK podcasters awards 
We've had some more details since last week where I had to re-record the entire episode basically to fit in the fact I'd been nominated after I'd calmed down. It completely ruined productivity for about a day and a half because I was just so excited about the whole thing. And um, the podcast has been nominated in two categories, games and hobbies and the most engaged audience, which is just bonkers. Um, I just can't get over it. It is amazing. And... um, Games and Hobbies is a cool category. It's got other cool nitty podcasts in there, like um, Helen from Curious Handmaid. She's up for um, Games and Hobbies as well. Um, and the the most engaged audience is against every other podcast, every genre, business, you know, marketing, these really, really big genres that have a really wide audience. Um, they might have a wide audience, but you know what? Their audience aren't knitters and nobody beats the knitters when it comes to being friendly, looking after each other, helping each other out and showing up. And you guys have voted in your hundreds, nay thousands. You've got your grannies to vote. You've got your horse to vote. You've got everybody, you know, to vote. And you've got the podcast into that category. I can't get the podcast in there. You guys have done it and I'm massively grateful to you all for doing so. Um, the voting closes on the 31st of August and I don't think we're going to find out who's won it till the actual night. Um, but I've started my knitting in preparation because I'm confident. I'm confident the knitters can do it. And I've started knitting a, a, a beaded shawl of fabulousness. Um, it's Boo Knits. I love Boo Knits. And it has 700 beads in it and it is two strands of 100% silk lace weight held double to make this shawl. Uh, people help me on Periscope on the weekend and um, help me to pick the the beads to go with it. It's all come from stash. The pattern was stash, the yarn was stash, the beads was stash. It's very wholesome stash-based project. But if you're going to go to an awards ceremony and you are in a tin podcast, you cannot simply turn up in something store-bought. No, you need to accessorise and accessorise I will. So I'm going to give myself RSI on your behalf to knit this beautiful silver 100% silk beaded shawl so come and uh, and watch the progress on instagram i'm going to need cheering on i'm not gonna lie but i'm committed every night i've been working my little heart out on this and um it's going to be done i'm going to do it in a month i've got till the 12th of september and i will manage it because you guys have all you know stood up and been counted and voted for the podcast and now it's time for me to bring home the bacon and knit something fabulous i'm sure you'll all agree so don't let me down banter me ask me questions make sure that i'm accountable to you guys for having something knitted and fabulous and then if we don't win any awards because it's the taking part that counts after all I'll still have this beautiful shawl and you'll all have bantered me into it and it will be filled with wonderful silk, beautiful check glass memories of you all. So if you've not voted already, please go and vote. I'll put a link in the show notes. You need to vote in both categories, most engaged audience and games and hobbies. There's also a load of other podcasts that maybe you've never heard of the 10 pence arcade podcast the other podcast who's a finalist in games and hobbies i'd never heard of but it sounds quite good and i've randomly made friends with a guy um called lee who does the this is rammy podcast this is a niche podcast also about ramsbottom in lancashire i'm familiar because i'm from wigan which is also in lancashire but it's called this is rammy and he's up for an award too 
which is kind of cool. So go give him a listen, you know, give him a little click. If you've not got anyone else to vote for in that category, you may as well while you're there, hey? And um, check out some of the other podcasts that are on offer. They're all UK podcasts, other than the international category, obviously. Um, so it's a great way to support our UK podcasting industry, if you will. And uh, and listen local. Louise Bennett British will like that. Listen local. So get yourself over there the links in the show notes and to everyone who's already voted and shared on twitter there's been a flurry of it this week i truly do appreciate it and i will knit my hardest to make sure that i'm properly attired for the event and thank you all so much for voting so with that considerable plug complete i think it's about time we move on to this interview and i am i am really delighted to bring michelle berry from berry very colourful yarnings onto the show. Michelle is based in New Mexico in the USA and she basically creates the most beautiful self-striping yarns. She's an indie dyer, she hand dyes at home uh, in New Mexico and her colourways are quite often themed around um, certain subjects such as films, uh, football teams or American football if you're English or well British. Um, or the latest kit is, is themed around Harry Potter, which is kind of cool. And she specialises in colourways um, and self-striping yarns that have wider self-stripes. So quite often you'll get self-striping yarns and we have beautiful self-striped dyers. We're very lucky, I think, in the, the hand-dyed um, dyers that we've got that produce these really awesome, you know, quick change or short repeat colourways where you've got four or five rows on a sock and then it changes again very quickly. Michelle specialises in wider stripes. So you're looking at 10 to 12 um, stripes on her colourways, which means you get lovely, really chunky looking socks because you've got these big wide stripes. But it also means that her yarns are more suitable for knitting other projects because the colour repeats and the patterning is not lost in a bigger project. So you can do things like cowls and hats with them really successfully without losing the essence of the self-stripe. Um, one of our TGS knitters, uh, Lara Lorelei, um, has just done a cowl in the yarn that she dyed for the golden skein and it looks brilliant. I would never have thought of knitting a cowl with the yarn because I'm a, I love self-stripe yarn but I tend to use it in socks or in, um, if it's a long repeat, I'll use it in a stripey project or a faux ferrile project. I'd never thought of doing this before, and this is one of the things that's really awesome about, about Ravelry, is that you see what other people do with yarns, and it looks really, really good, it's really effective, and you still get that lovely striping effect, but obviously if you don't wear stripy socks, or you don't like knitting socks, you've got some more options there, so I think it's really, really good to have that as something a little bit different, that wider stripe. Um, She's also just been featured in the Golden Skin in the spring quarter, as you know, I've mentioned that a couple of times now, and I'll put a picture in the show notes so you can see the yarn that she made, um, along with um, that curl project I've just mentioned, um, once I've got permission to use that, I'm sure it will be fine, because she's lovely, and um, and so you can see exactly what it is I'm talking about. I went, I went and asked her to be part of, of the club because I love self-strapping yarns and I thought what she was doing was something different and interesting and something that even if you're not a big fan of self-stripe, you can get on board with because her self-stripe or the one she did for us had 
variegated self stripe in it so in the stripe itself there were elements of you know lots of different tones um, which made it a really interesting yarn both to work with and to look at which you know you can't really go wrong and it's very eye-catching colorway so there has been one terrible terrible loss on this um, by one of the knitters who who knitted these beautiful socks and took them away with her on holiday and then somehow managed to leave them in the hotel room and they've disappeared off the face of the earth. She's a bit upset about it, don't mention it. And, um, but otherwise, there's lots of these socks floating around now. They're really, really cool. So I wanted to get her on, find out her point of view on things, talk to her about self-striping yarn and everything yarn dyeing in New Mexico. So without further ado, here's Michelle. This episode is sponsored by Yarn in the City. Yarn in the City organises the annual Great London Yarn Crawl, which is taking place this year on Saturday the 5th of September. This year's Yarn Crawl will also feature the addition of a one-day pop-up marketplace, taking place at Chelsea Old Town Hall and featuring over 30 vendors from London and around the UK. To top off the weekend, on Sunday the 6th of September 2015, Yarn in the City will be hosting author, pattern designer and technical editor Kate Atherley for two workshops in central London. Introduction to knitwear design and pattern writing skills. For more information and to book your tickets to these events, head over to www.yarninthecity.com. So I am thrilled to welcome onto the show today Michelle Berry of Berry Colourful Yarnings in the States. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you with us today on the show. Now, Michelle is a purveyor of all things wonderful and self-stripe, which is entirely the reason why I wanted to have her on the show, because it's no secret that self-striping yarn is one of my vices. So, I'm guessing you're probably quite keen on it too, Michelle. Can you tell us a little bit about you as a person and about how you came to be interested in Yarny Pursuits? Well, as a person, I am a wife and a mother of two amazing little girls. Um, we have a gluten-free household and I help my husband with his business and I love yarn. So I had to learn how to knit. <laughs> so that I could justify justify the purchasing of all yarns. And I had learned to crochet as a kid. My mom taught me how to crochet. <clears throat> and, you know, off and on as a kid and as an adult, I made a blanket for my husband. And, you know, life gets in the way and careers happen and then kids happen. And I didn't, I did not pick up crochet again until my kids were probably two and three. And I made a couple things, nothing for them to wear, just things for their toys. And then my niece at the time was 10 and she had learned to knit through her local 4-H group. And I said, oh, you've got to teach me to knit. So she taught me to knit and it was downhill from there. Once I realized how pretty a fabric looks once it's knitted up. No, I love crochet. But once I learned how to knit, I started buying Indie Dad Yarns. And with crochet, you use more yarn. So I was buying twice as much of the indie yarns, and I said, I can't, I can't afford, to, I can't afford to crochet. <laughs> so, so I, you know, 
picked up knitting and picked up indie yarn and it was just so downhill from there. So I, uh, so I, you know, fell in love head over heel with the yarn and, and had to learn to knit so I could afford to buy it. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's been incredible. So I learned, I learned from my 10 year old niece, which is pretty awesome. She's pretty spectacular. So. Well, it makes a change from learning from your granny, which is how most of us learn. <laughs> That's true. My mom, I never remember her crocheting, but she taught me. So she must have done it at some point. But as maybe the kids, as kids got older, she just stopped doing it. And I know that my grandmother, my father's mother, crocheted and knit. And I have a bunch of her knitting needles that my aunt sent me and some really vintage magazines that she had. And I know she sewed. But I, you know, I didn't learn from her. We didn't live near her. So, so it's in there somewhere from genetically on her side, maybe. <laughs> awesome. So also we talked a bit about your background in terms of your crafty persuasion, crochet, and then knitting and your love affair with indie dyed yarns. What was the tipping point that turned the, the need to supply, <laughs> supply your knitting habit almost uh, into a business? Well, I was, I was buying a lot of yarn from overseas, from Canada and from the UK and, you know, loved everything, but the shipping costs, you know, at the point, it was at a point when Canada had gone, the Canadian post had gone on strike and it was taking weeks and weeks and weeks to get this amazing yarn. And then, you know, when you're spending, 14 US dollars on shipping from the UK to get something that maybe you don't, you know, fall in love with right away. It's kind of, and then you have to destash it and take the loss on on the um, the shipping. It was kind of a bummer at that point. Um, and I was talking to a gal friend of mine on Ravelry and I said, you know, I wish I were talented enough to dye my own yarn. And I had dabbled the year before in Kool-Aid dyeing and things like that. And she said, you can dye yarn. And I looked at my husband and I said, do you think I could dye yarn? And he said, I think you could dye yarn, go for it. And I really did just jump in feet first, bought the dyes, bought the yarn and just went to town, opened my shop like a month later <laughs> and just kind of, you know, fell for it and really fell in love with color once I started creating my own and learning how de how deep color really is. I, I loved color before, but I didn't understand it the way that I am learning to understand it now. And it was just, it was incredible. So that's, that's how I started turning my love of yarn into an actual business is, is just literally feet first. But unfortunately, because of, of the shipping from across the across the, you know, international borders was was not fun. So, so I feel the pain of everybody that orders from the US that's in the UK. Oh, it's good. I love how you just went, I'm going to do this. I'm on it and just did it. So many people just sit there pondering it for so long. I love the way you just did it in a month and opened your shop and that was that. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of like all or nothing, so to speak for me, but I had a, I have, you know, had a great support group of friends and, and with my husband. And so, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you got to do it when you have the chance because you just can't wait. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Big fun of that. 
So what does a typical day look like then for you? Well, my typical day has just recently changed. My husband in the last month has, um, his, my husband works in construction, so he goes where the work is and he was on the road for the last 18 months, he was traveling. And so he wasn't home in the evenings during the week. Well, he wasn't home at all during the week. <laughs> He'd be home Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then, uh, just this last month, his his uh, he's got a new job site and he's now home every evening and every morning. So for the last month, my typical day has changed, but um, I get up with him and we have breakfast together and I get him out the door and that's about 445 in the morning. And then I will head out to the shop and prep for my day for, for, for very colorful yarnings. And then I'll come back in and have breakfast with my girls and then we homeschool. So we'll spend a couple hours working on our homeschool stuff with them. And then if they have any activities that they're doing for the day, um, we run out and do their activities and get those done. And then mid-afternoon to late afternoon, I come back and that's my time for my company. And I'll get my dyeing done or my re-scheming done or my, you know, more prep work if need be. And then the mister's home around six o'clock and we have dinner together and and then we chill. I try not to uh, do too much at night with my business, just just to give me a chance to to unwind and, and get some knitting done. Um, but that's about how our typical day goes. There are a couple days in there that'll be a little askewed, and we might have to juggle things around. But that's about how it goes. Oh, cool. So. Can you tell us a bit about your creative process then when you develop a new colorway? In terms of how I might come up with a colorway or what might inspire me? Um, yeah, just like you've decided just now to make a new colorway. Do you have a set process or routine? Does it just come to you when you're in the shower? How do you, how do you go about that? Um, well, I, it's... I don't know how it works for, for other dyers, but for me, it could be the silliest combination of Lego colors that my kids are playing with at the time. It could be a new pair of shoes. I just recently dyed a self-striping yarn that I loved the colors of these new sneakers I had gotten, and I dyed yarn to match it. And Amazing. <laughs> um, I just had to do it um, <laughs> kind of thing. So what I will do typically is if I have um, the yarn already prepped and waiting for me, I might the very next day just dye the yarn if I have the time in my dye schedule to do that. If not, I write it down on a dry erase board out in the garage and I'll sit and stare at it while I am doing other activities <laughs> and I will just visualize what those colors are going to look like when they, whenever they're put together. Sometimes that happens exactly like I visualize, <laughs> other times not so much. <laughs> but. <laughs> Um, I, I tend to die literal. If somebody gives me a picture or I have an idea in mind, it will be as literal as I can make it um, from the actual colors. So, but other than that, it just, it's, it's silly how sometimes, you know, we, we could just be playing with toys and I'm like, I love these colors together. Sometimes I'll take a picture of it so that I can, you know, capture exactly what I was thinking and then uh, and pull it together but you know it's just and or sometimes we might even be reading a story um, we're reading the Harry Potter series right now and I literally am pulling 
color combinations out of my head to go with the characters the entire time we're reading and I can very vividly imagine what everybody's wearing and how they're wearing it in the story and that's the most fun for me because then that's truly from my imagination and it doesn't does not come from a picture and it's scary because it might not be what somebody else is envisioning but yet it's what I see and those ones the ones that I have to put down in in a yarn that just the entire time I'm reading I'm, I'm constantly thinking about it so that creative process is, is a little more a little more exciting for me um, a little less literal and and they, they you know they must become become colorways for me at some point so I will write those ones down and keep them in a notebook and just wait until the time is right that's cool I love your whiteboard in the garage everybody should have whiteboards I want to cover my entire house in whiteboards so that when I have an idea I can just write it down straight away <laughs> well if I put it in a notebook I'll close the notebook and then I'll I shuffle things and I try to organize and I put things away because out of sight is out of mind for me. And so I will lose that notebook and I will never be able to again find that notebook where I wrote that one thing down. So the whiteboard is always there. So staring me in the face, reminding me, you need to do that. <laughs> exactly. And you think about it because every time you look at it, it comes back to the top of your mind and you think about it a lot more. So yes, yes, very true. Huge fan. I'm going to put whiteboards all over my cellar when I move to my big house. Can't wait. Those are sticky notes, right? Sticky notes too. <laughs> yeah, sticky notes are good as well. Um, but I definitely want like an evil underground bat cave. I have a, a very large cellar and I'm planning to cover the walls in that cellar in whiteboards. I've already priced it up. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so look out, look out then. When I can actually put stuff on the walls, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, no journey is ever a smooth one and running a business has its ups and downs. Can you tell us about a time you failed, what happened and what did you learn as a result of it? Oh, such a fun question. Um, I do. I do have um, something that didn't happen too long ago. Um, probably my biggest quote unquote fail. Um, I had a recall on a, on a couple colorways um, that just the color wasn't set. And there was a there was a podcaster that had had an issue with a color setting on a yarn that they had purchased. And it really got me thinking, you know, do I have those checks and balances in place? Do I have those quality control stops in my process? And so I, you know, stepped back and I grabbed a couple skeins and I ran them through the washer and I had, you know, a, the color didn't bleed, but it faded when it was washed in, in warm water. And I said, you know what? And I did several, several dozens <laughs> of these yarns and I had two colorways that, that were not set. And I went back and I contacted the customers and I recalled the yarn and the ones that I needed to I re-dyed them and the other ones I was able to fix I, I fixed and sent them back and um, ate humble pie I'll tell you because I kind of had gotten a little cocky that I knew what I was doing and that I wasn't going to have any problems and then to to do that check that that stop check on yourself to really see that you know what you don't want to be disappointed in a yarn that you purchase, not being exactly what you wanted once you finished your project, um, 
you know, you I expect nothing less of something that I produce. So I um, I now make sure that I have more stop checks and I have more of a quality control process with my yarns more often so that way it doesn't happen again. And um, it's it was a it was a great thing. I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad that it was brought to the forefront because now I can be confident when I send that yarn out there that it's not going to be an issue. Yeah, definitely. And it's such a simple thing. And actually, lots of yarns run mm -hmm. a lot of the time. But like you say, if you can kind of put some more things in place in your systems, then you can be doubly sure. Some of my favorite dyers um, will have an issue with certain things. And there's no perfect I think process for every color, for every yarn, for every yeah. dyer. Um, and you know, commercial yarns are not perfect either. And it, like I said, it was it was humbling to you know to, to say you know what you you're not perfect. You're not going to get it right every single time. And then gave me a chance to say you know what you know give a little bit of slack when I get something that's not a hundred percent because I would expect. These, these gals have been doing this a long time or these companies have been doing this a long time. It should be right on. And, you know, it's not always perfect. It is why we love indie and why we love what we what we have, what we purchase, because it's maybe not always exactly um, commercial and it's not exactly, you know, perfect every single time. I mean, how many times do you buy a skin of yarn because, you know, it's one of a kind? you know, kind of thing. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's a human element to it, which makes it fabulous, but also makes it imperfect. Yeah, definitely. And I would say the part of the reason why people love indie so much is because they do have fantastic customer service. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you turn around and say, there's a problem with this, send it back, I'm fixing it. You know, that, that's what we come for. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you have to, I mean, I just, I would not have slept at night knowing that at some point they're going to knit with this and it's not going to hold its color the way that it, it did originally. And, um, yeah, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't fun, but it was important to do. Absolutely. So taking it from that then to the other end of the scale, what has been the high point of your journey so far? I think that the highest point for me was finding my niche finding my one thing that makes very colorful yarnings what it is um, that pulls out my strengths as a dyer um, i think that that's been that part in that part in your journey where you go okay yeah this is this is good this feels right this is this is where i need to be and that was finding the self-striping the wider self-striping um, stripes uh, there's for me, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of self stripers out there, and there's some fabulous self striping yarns out there. But what I wanted to do, because I'm not a sock knitter, um, I wanted to produce a self striping yarn that could work for somebody who doesn't knit socks like me, but they could still get the benefit of having that self stripe happen. And so finding that little spot in this industry that that works for me the way that I can be great at it, <laughs> humble pie, <laughs> that I can be good at what, what I wanted um, has been like that high point for me. Um, and continuing to be able to do that and, and stay, stay solid with that 
that one genre of of dying is has been has been incredible for me and it's fairly newer it's been within the last oh about a year and a half maybe and um but it's 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 working and and it's getting a, a lot of good feedback and i and i'm enjoying that so that's been my high point of the journey so far brilliant you are a great self strap dyer <laughs> Thank don't you. don't be humble. You are very very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I think you're good at it. You sit there. Really you, like you be good at it. Like <laughs> There's nothing wrong. Everyone's good at something, and you should you know you should be proud of that. I think you do brilliant self strike. <laughs> oh, brilliant! So. Um, I can feel I'm, I'm about to slide off down a rabbit hole, so I'm going to bring myself back to the middle. Um, which one thing that you know now did you wish you had known when you picked up the first ball of yarn? Gosh, that's really hard because I've learned so much and I've loved learning so much. And I love the learning process of, of everything I do in every day and you know, daily, whether it's cooking or something I've, I've done with the kids with their schoolwork. But if I had to say that I wish I would have known one thing, I wish I would have understood color back then, like, I, like I'm learning to understand it now. I probably would have made different purchases um, with some of my early yarns. But then again, that's, that's a good and bad thing too. But um, because I would have purchased yarns maybe differently if I would have understood how color would work within the fabric and maybe made wires or choices there. But I love everything in my stash, so it's really hard to say too. But you know, not understanding color the way that I understand it now is, is uh, something that I wish I would have, would have known then, for sure. Did you have any shocker projects? Do you ha did you have any projects that you look back now and think, why? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everything I crocheted. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there's there's projects. Yeah, <laughs> um, knitted projects. You know, what was I thinking? Um, I had knit a sweater out of a single ply, super bulky, uh, non superwashed merino silk blend and had no give and it didn't fit and it was just the wrong yarn for the wrong project at the wrong time but i was so excited and <laughs> my kids i think still can't wear it um it's way too small for me probably about four sizes too small for me and then like six sizes too big for them but yeah that one was <laughs> that one was fun and i'm not a sweater knitter um I want to be. I really, really, really want to be. It's just um, very scary to sit down and, and think about putting all those pieces together. And I admire every knitter out there who can put those beautiful garments together. I just, I haven't jumped in yet. And I know once I do, um, it's it's going to be a rabbit hole and, and I do it. But this sweater was um, my first pickup stitches and they were done backwards and I had to redo it. And yeah, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> We're going to need a picture of that, Michelle. No. <laughs> it may be on my Ravelry page. I'm horrible about putting my projects in my Ravelry, but it may be there with my kid wearing it backwards or something. I don't know. 
Oh, go have a look. It's awful. Ravelry is terrible because once you've finished it, the last thing you want to do is start mucking about with the camera. You want to put it on. Well, I'm horrible with the camera. Um, you know, it's either have my kids take pictures of my stuff with it on me, which, you know, is never a good idea. Um, and then, <laughs> or I have to try to take a picture of it not on or, or a selfie with it on. And that's just never, never very easy. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Oh, cool. Okay, then. My favorite question. Desert Island Skeins. If you were going to be marooned on a desert island and you could only take one, one skein or ball of yarn, what would it, what would you take and why? Oh, just one. That's torture. That's not an island. That's a prison. <laughs> um, just one skein of yarn. I, I know the base. The base would be a merino cashmere nylon and it would be um it's that's my fusion base and it would be in the light the the light version of the fusion which is like a heavy lace a light fingering and it just knits like butter but it would most definitely be that base dyed up by um lisa much from north Don knitting um it would probably be in one of her neutral colors <laughs> gray i'd imagine oh uh, it, pretty much anything in her gray palette would work. <laughs> so yeah, that would that would be my island skin, I think. So for sure, just one. Just one. Just, just one. one. The terribly practical people tend to ask for a cone of lace weight, pretty much. Um, oh, a cone of lace weight scares me. Well, but I well, could double it. I could double it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Lots of options for lace weight. Um, you said skein, you didn't say cone. Well, no, I meant, well, I call it a cone, but yeah, skein, a skein. It yeah, may yeah. as well be a cone, on it? You'd probably get a thousand meters. Um. Well, the fusion, my fusion light's only 550 meters, or 550 yards, excuse me. So, um, but on a cone, you know, we could get, we could get more. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Or, or some kitchen cotton. Who was it? I think it was Amy Herzog was going to get kitchen cotton. Yes. It's terribly practical. I liked it. Yeah, you could rip that out over and over and over again too. Exactly. Or make a hammock with it. That was that was my favourite idea. You know, you're going to have to be comfortable if you're going to be on a desert island for a while. Yeah, mine would be a pillow. I would have to make a pillow because to have that merino cashmere next to your face all night long would just be insane. That would be amazing. That would That's what I would do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> cool. Funny. So... Um, what is your favorite or go-to resource for yarn craft or that you use in business that you couldn't do without? Ravelry, hands down. And it's probably everybody's answer, but if I need a pattern, if I want to look at a yarn, I want to see how somebody modified something. Um, I want to see pictures. I want to stalk somebody <laughs> that's the place to do it um you know to find out anything you want to know about how somebody designs or you know how what somebody designs and how they design you're going to find it all in Ravelry so it's it's my go-to um if I'm looking to um you know creative creative colorway that is going to work particularly with you know one style of designer I'm going to look at all of their stuff to see how it knits up and a fabric and yeah, it's it Ravelry hands down. 
there's there's no other better place where I can for, for a fiber crafter right now. Super. It is a very popular answer, but that is because it's incredibly useful. I think. <laughs> yeah, they 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 found that thing and and it has it. You know, they've done an, an amazing job with that community. So, for sure. Lovely. So, where is the best place for the listeners to find you? I love Instagram. I'm very visual, so that, that is where I I love to hang out. But Instagram has integrated with Twitter and Facebook, so I'm there as well. Um, and then, of course, Ravelry. Um, Ravelry is harder for me to log into on my smartphone, but Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter. I'm not as active on Twitter in Twitter like maybe you are, but I, um, I do, you know, do do some things and again because instagram <laughs> lets you upload to both facebook and twitter at the same time but that's yeah you can find me as um bc yarnings on instagram and michelle berry on facebook and bc yarnings on ravelry and i believe twitter as well yeah i think it is on twitter i, I do hang out on twitter quite a bit or i look like i do at least yes <laughs> I do, I do a star and favorite a lot of, a lot of your posts. <laughs> so, for sure. Oh, awesome. And do you have a blog or a website oh, as well? I do. I do. We're in, I'm in the middle of uh, transferring um, to a WordPress uh, setup. And this is not my area of expertise. <laughs> so bear with me on my, my lingo here. But I do. It's verycolorfulyarnings.com. And we are, like I said, we're in the middle of moving from one uh, provider to another. Super. And that is colourful as in the US spelling, not the UK spelling. Yeah, it's the US, the US spelling. So no U. Cool. Lovely. Well, do you have any parting words of advice for those who would like to get into the industry? I always have lots of opinions, but when it comes to advice, I get nervous. <laughs> but, opinions um, will do. Opinions yeah, are fine too. <laughs> I think that if somebody were to say, you know, I want to start dyeing yarn, you know, kind of thing, you know, what, you know, what do you recommend? And I would just say, take your time and learn to love it. Don't make it a job because if you love it, it won't be the kind of work that it'll be if you make it a job. And, um, it shows in your work when you love something and when it's a job. <laughs> so take your time and enjoy it and just love it. And um, I mean, open your shop, the first skein of yarn that you got dyed, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But throughout the process, just, you know, if I've seen so many amazing dyers burn hot and heavy and burn out. And uh, get, I think getting back into it would be incredibly difficult after taking a hiatus. And so um, I hate to see these amazing dyers burn out really fast and, and stop dyeing yarn and then regret it or try and come back into the industry and it, it not happen as easily as they had hoped. So take your time, enjoy it, and just love it. Brilliant. So it's time to get us excited now, Michelle. What is coming up for you? What's next for Berry Colourful Yarnings? Oh, I am doing um, with a collaboration with Laura Smoot from Laura Smoot Designs. Um, we are doing Harry Potter kits. 
and they're called Potterful kits, and they will have a skein of yarn based on the Harry Potter theme, either the house colors or characters within the, the books and the movies. And it'll have a bag and stitch markers and other muggle type yarny goodies to go with it. And we've just um, closed out the first, first kit that we had and it did really, really well and sold out. And the next one will come up probably late September. And we'll go, like I said, we'll go through all the house colors and I'll keep doing that as long as there's a demand for it. And um, I have, this is something that's been like two years in the works for me. Something I've really, really, really wanted to do was these Harry Potter kits. And to be able to have these happen, I'm so, so excited. And then I will also have um, some seasonal themed kits thrown throughout for those people that are not Harry Potter fans. And um, we'll have a Halloween kit come up and a, and a winter kit come up this, this, uh, the rest of this year too. So, so be on the lookout for that because that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that. So that's, those will come up and they'll all have self-striping yarn in them. So that, you're not getting any anything but self-striping yarn. So. <laughs> okay, that sounds absolutely deadly <laughs> <laughs> i'm so excited i'm like giddy excited over these kits they're so much fun oh they're gonna be awesome i, I know i'm taking delivery of one of them for someone um so I, I might have a little peep when it when it comes and have a look yeah i'm there i don't blame you <laughs> you know it's security purposes it's for absolutely. security purposes only. make sure everything arrives safely absolutely mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally brilliant well Thank you, Michelle, for coming onto the show and sharing the self-striping love with all of us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate it. No worries. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Michelle there. And um, I've got good news. I've got good news for you. Uh, Michelle has very kindly offered to do a discount code for all of you. Now, you may have heard Michelle talking about not liking shipping and paying shipping to import yarns from abroad and how that sort of drove her to set up her own business and she doesn't charge shipping on her yarns. No matter where you ship them to, it's free shipping. So, not only do you get free shipping... But she's also put together a special discount code for listeners of the show to get 10% off your purchases. And she will extend that to the kits as well, which is brilliant. And she's got an update planned for the last week of August, but she also offers custom dye options. So this could be the perfect opportunity for you to get your hands on some top class self-striping yarn with a nice cheeky little discount as well the code that you need for that is shinybees10 s-h-i-n-y-b-e-e-s 10 and that will get you 10% off your purchases so i'm afraid that's all we have time for this week i hope you've enjoyed the show thank you very much for joining me and coming and getting involved with all the yarny goodness as usual don't forget to go and cast your vote in the new media europe uk podcasters awards links are in the show notes and they are on my website at www.shinybees.com forward slash uk hyphen podcasters hyphen awards 
Have a great week. Happy crafting. And I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. If you'd like to get in contact with me, you can do so via the blog. Or I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook. You can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided via Music Alley and it is Adam and the Walter Boys and I Need a Drink. I need a drink.